Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Space News Pod. Now, today we're going to be talking again about the SpaceX Starship rocket and the upcoming IFT-2 flight. So a couple of you reached out to me and asked me if I could do sort of a, a brief overview of what the rocket is and how it works and what it's intended to do. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about those subjects. So earlier in 2023, SpaceX experienced a significant setback with its failure of the Super Heavy and the Starship launch vehicle during its inaugural flight, IFT-1. Now, this test conducted from Starbase in Texas ended in the loss of the rocket due to multiple engine failures, causing a catastrophic spin. And this event marked a pivotal moment in SpaceX's space exploration program for the Starship, highlighting both the potential and also the challenges of this gigantic rocket. It's about 400 feet tall, or about the size of a 40-story building. As SpaceX gears up for the second test flight involving Booster 9 and Ship 25, it looks like everything is ready for the flight. Both components have undergone extensive testing, including two static fires for Booster 9, marking a first for the Super Heavy series. Now, Ship 25 has also had a flawless testing campaign raising hopes for a successful flight. However, given the complexity of the mission, the launch timing remains fluid, with SpaceX committed to ensuring maximum data collection and safety. And the previous successful test flight was conducted by SN15, ship number 15, which managed a suborbital test hop. This upcoming mission aims to push the boundaries further, with ship 25 intended to re-enter the atmosphere and land in the Pacific Ocean near Hawaii. Notably, there's no payload on Ship 25 for the mission. Booster 9, post the stage separation, is planned to execute a boost back burn and attempt a soft water landing in the Gulf of Mexico. And the upcoming test flight of the fully stacked Starship Super Heavy isn't just a repeat of the previous attempts, but it comes with its unique set of goals and hurdles. The primary mission objective is for Ship 25 to successfully re-enter the atmosphere and land approximately 100 kilometers off of Hawaii's coast. Now, this stage of the mission, if successful, will mark a huge step forward in SpaceX's development of reusable Starship space vehicles. Interestingly, the flight path of Starship will take it over several geographical landmarks. After launching, it will travel southeast, passing over Cuba, crossing the Atlantic to fly over uh, Namibia, and then over the Indian Ocean. And the final overland passage will be Indonesia before heading towards the Pacific Ocean for re-entry near Hawaii. Now, these flight details underscore the complexity of this mission. 
The trajectory encompasses a range of environmental and technical challenges, from navigating different airspaces to managing the vehicle's performance over a vast ocean and land distances. In preparation for the second flight, SpaceX has implemented numerous upgrades to both the vehicle and the supporting infrastructure, the ground systems. And these changes are a response to lessons learned from the first flight and 63 corrective actions outlined by the FAA. Two key updates include adoption of a hot staging and electric thrust vector control system. Now, hot staging, which is a technique not new to rocketry, but new to Starship, involves igniting all six engines of the Starship upper stage while still being attached to the booster. Now, this method facilitates a smoother separation of the stages. An electric TVC, introduced after a previous failure due to a hydraulic issue, offers more precise control of the booster's direction of thrust. Another crucial enhancement is the upgraded flight termination system. Now, the first flight's FTS experienced a delay in vehicle termination, which is now addressed by incorporating more explosives to ensure immediate action in case of anomalies. And ahead of this launch, significant preparations and enhancements have been made at the launch pad. Ship 25 will be mounted atop Booster 9 using the chopstick arms, also known as Mechazilla. And this mechanism is not just for assembly, but it's also designed for future missions where it will catch the returning boosters and ships. And in response to the previous flight's outcome, SpaceX has bolstered the launch pad's resilience. A water-cooled steel plate has been installed beneath the orbital launch table to mitigate heat in noise during ignition. And while the pad lacks a traditional flame trench, the steel plate acts as a flame diverter, preventing direct flame contact with the concrete structure. Now, for those eager to witness this historic event, the closest in-person viewing point is approximately 8 kilometers away at South Padre Island. The exclusion zone around the launch site will be substantial, given the size of the Starship Super Heavy and the risks associated with an unproven rocket like this. And for remote viewers, you can tune into various streams, including SpaceX's official stream on X. Now, SpaceX's journey with the Starship has been groundbreaking. It is a massive rocket. I spent about 10 months down at Starbase filming from the side of the road. And I can tell you a few stories about the people that I've met there, the things that I've seen, and how absolutely breathtaking the view is down there. Uh, not only from the rocket, but the nature, the wildlife, and the people. It's an absolutely amazing place. And I would like to tell you a quick story about something that happened to me while I was on the side of the road watching them stack Ship 24 and Booster 7. Um, so like I said before, I was down there for about 10 months and this is a total aside from the podcast here. This is just a personal story. So I was on the side of the road setting up my camera and this is kind of a weird story too. And these are the kind of people, some of the people that you'll meet down there, if you go down there for an extended amount of time and kind of, if you're, uh, if, if you're around people every day, you'll meet somebody like this. Eventually I just happened to see her at the side of Highway 4 on the way to Starbase. I was actually right across the road from Starbase's production facility. And I was aiming my camera down Highway 4, heading east towards the launch site. And they had the launch site barricaded off for some, some reason that day. They weren't moving anything, uh, but I think there was personnel in the area or maybe Elon was coming down. So I was filming the whole area. Um, now, unbeknownst to me, I had parked my car um, behind 
somebody, a woman that um, didn't want me to park there. Now, the side of Highway 4 is a, it's, it's an open area where anybody can park on. You're allowed to park on the side of the road. It's open territory, and you can do whatever you want down there. I've been coming to the same spot for about six months now. I've been filming Starbase and Starship from this exact spot, and the surrounding, I don't know, 30 yards in front and behind my car for about six months, and I never had any problems with anybody. Everybody was very cordial and nice. But this day, there's something a little bit off um, with this character that I that I met. Um, I pulled up behind her and started. I took my my tripod out of my trunk. It's a very heavy tripod, so it took me a little while to set it up. And I started attaching my camera to the tripod. I had some some live streaming equipment with me too, so I started setting that up. I started mounting that on the tripod and getting everything set up uh, with my hotspot because that was the only way you could really do it. It was before Starlink was down there. Uh, so I set up my hotspot and I mounted that to my tripod. I mounted my live stream stuff to my tripod. And I was pointing my camera at the uh, the launch site. And I was having, I, it was a great view that day too. I was very excited about this great view. And uh, this woman uh, approached me and said that I had to move my vehicle. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to film this. I was really just going to film it for about 20 minutes. But I told her, uh, I'll be out of there in 10 minutes because I don't, you know, I didn't want to cause any ruckus or anything. So I was like, Hey, um, you know, I'll be out of here in 10 minutes. I just have to get this video real quick and then I'll be out of your hair. She told me that some of her friends were coming into town and they had to park behind her. So I said, okay, uh, no big deal. Like I'll be out of here in 10 minutes. I didn't see her any, you know, you could see for miles down the road and, uh, you know, there's plenty of room for her friends to park right. Like they could park right behind me for about two miles at that point. So even if I was in the way, they could park like, you know, right, they could park right behind me if all else failed. So I said, okay, I'll be out of there in 10 minutes. No big deal. And that's pretty reasonable if you ask me. Um, so if, if, uh, you know, I was, if I was filming and, you know, I had a whole apparatus here and I had a whole bunch of equipment out there. And if I decided to leave right then, I'd have to pack up everything securely, put it back in its cases, it would take me about 10 or 15 minutes to break it all down anyway. So what I did was I left my camera there on the side of the road uh, and I, I started filming um, remotely. So I just hit the record button basically and pointed it at the rocket. So I said, okay. Uh, so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to move back a spot so her friend can pull in. So I left my camera there running. It was rolling. Audio was rolling. And I moved back, moved my car back about probably two spots. So at least one to two cars could get into the area. Very, you know, a very open area. And my car was out of the way. I thought she'd be fine. Um, and I walked up to my camera again to reposition it because it looked like um, there was cloud moving in. So I was going to reposition it a little bit and start the live stream. So I picked up my camera a little bit, moved it about a foot, and then uh, she came out of her car. She was yelling at me, and she told me that I had to move my car because her friends were coming in. I said, well, I just moved my car back two spots. I thought that would be enough. Um, I can move it more if you'd like me to. And then she started yelling at me and calling me names. And um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a pretty sight, right? So that was one of the, one of the most... Um, 
outrageous situations that I was in. Eventually, you know, she stopped yelling at me and I walked up to her car and I said, hey, you know, like, I'm okay with, you know, moving my car back even further. Like, just give me 10 minutes. I just got to get this shot. It's for work. You know, I have a YouTube channel, uh, Space News Pod on YouTube, if you're not familiar. And uh, she flipped me the bird and she told me she's on the phone with her friends who were coming into town and she's yelling at the phone that I'm not moving my car and that I'm being disrespectful. So <laughs> I had most of it on, on at least audio. So you could hear her like just yell at me for no reason. She was having a bad day. So I, I packed up my stuff after about 10 more minutes. Cause I was like, I don't want to be bullied into not getting this shot. And also she doesn't seem okay. So I'm going to leave. So I packed up and I started leaving. And as I was leaving, um, this couple from Maine pulled in in their Jeep and they pulled in, in front of me, which was behind her where her friends were supposed to park. And she didn't get out of her car. She didn't yell. She didn't, you know, anything like that. They got out of their car. I thought they were her friends. So I, I was like, Hey, you know, how's it going? How are you doing? Uh, you know, beautiful day out today, you know, just pleasantries, nice things. I just said nice things to them. And they uh, told me that they, I asked them if they are her friends and they said, no, we don't know this person. I said, oh, okay. Well, um, just be forewarned. She's not having a great day. So just, you know, kind of try to keep to yourself or whatever. And they were beautiful people, great people. Um, one of them was a bird watcher. So she came down from Maine. They drove all the way from Maine to Florida or for te to Texas, to South Texas, because Apparently, it's like a really great place to watch endangered species birds down at Starbase. They, she didn't even know that there was a rocket there. It was incredible. I was like, oh, I thought you were going to film the rocket. She's like, I didn't even know there's a rocket here. And I was like, no way. That's crazy. So I came down for the rocket. She came down for the birds. And we, you know, we, we headed off. We became, you know, fast friends. And her husband was great, too. And a very cool guy. He's a photographer. Um, he's a bike rider too. So he said he was going to ride his bike from South Padre Island all the way over to Starbase. So, um, you know, he could get a good workout and I'm like, well, you know, you do know that it's going to be 110 degrees tomorrow, right? He's like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, okay, <laughs> that sounds incredible because South Padre Island to Starbase is about a 30 minute drive in your car. If you're like going the speed limit or speeding a little bit. So he was going to ride his bike the whole way in like 110 degree weather. So I was like, hey, man, if you can, that's great. So I get along with him well, and we we just sat there and talked for a good 10 minutes. And I was still filming and I was trying to, you know, pack up my car and stuff and get all my things out of there. But we had a great conversation and I got some great footage of the Starship um, Booster 7 Ship 24, 24-7. And then the lady that had a problem with me parking behind her just left. She just took off. And then she drove down Highway 4 away from Starbase, very far away. I, You know, she's gone. She went back towards Brownsville. And myself and these people from Maine had a, a good conversation for the next 30 minutes, standing in the 100-degree heat outside of, outside of Starbase. It was a great day. Um, but those are the kind of stories you can have from Starbase. But there's also great, fun stories. Um, that are just positive. Like when I was filming there, like I said, I filmed there for about 10 months. And because of the gracious people 
to listen to this podcast and go to the Space News Pod YouTube channel. They donated so much to to allow me to do that. Um, they funded my trip and they funded some equipment and things. So for them, I am eternally grateful for that experience. But the other experiences that I had with some absolutely amazing people, I met some great streamers down there. Um, I met some people from NASA Spaceflight, uh, Jessica Kirsch, a couple other people, Zach from Launchpad, um, people from What About It. Um, and yeah, I, it's about the friends kind of, you know, you make along the way. And that was pretty important to me too, is to make those connections. So, um, I had a, a really interesting person who came in from Australia to see the, see the rocket. And, um, I just happened to be filming and we had a great conversation. And this is, uh, one of the, one of the memories that I cherish from that time because he didn't know a lot about the rocket, but he was interested in spaceflight. So I spent about an hour explaining to him what the rocket's all about and how it can, how it'll fundamentally change how people and things go to space and just the absolutely ginormous size of this thing. Um, I still can't comprehend how big this is, even though I spent so much time there. I spent so much time right next to this rocket and it blew my mind every time I saw it. It made me so happy to see it every day. And the the great thing about it is that, like I said, the people that I met there were just so, most were so kind and nice. And they were just gentle, good people that just wanted to hang out and look at a rocket. And I just happened to be there too. I was shooting video and photos and, you know, documenting the process of the build of a starship. And there's a lot of that footage, a lot of older live streams on my YouTube channel. Um, so if you want to look at those or if you want to follow along with the progress of the older ship, uh, feel free to go back and watch those old YouTube streams because they're they're pretty fun. And there was, um, you know, there's a lot of experiences that I had that were just uh, great, just genuinely nice, good people. And the first story that I told you was very, it was an exception. That only happened to me once. Uh, I, I had one other, I had one other weird kind of sketchy experience, but I got out of that one really easy. Um, it looked like the guy was trying to uh, steal my gear. So I packed up real quick and left. But other than that, um, out of the probably 1,000 to 2,000 people I met, there were so many people there. Um, I met everybody was nice. So I'm very fortunate to have been able to do that. And I'm very fortunate for you being here today and listening to my rant about Starbase and how it's going to, uh, how Starship is going to change things tremendously. But I want to give you an overview of the area and I want to give you an overview of the, uh, the whole ship and everything around it. So I hope this helped and I hope you have a kind of a better understanding of what the ship is and what the, the booster is and what Starbase is at this point. We can go into a more detailed look at things, um, but there's a lot of documentation on YouTube just from so many different channels that can explain it more than I could in a show like this. So there's a lot of history that you'd have to dig through and that I would have to, I'd have to expose all of this history and it would take, uh, it would take so much, uh, so much time to do that in one show. 
So I'm going to keep bringing you the news every single day and up until IFT2. And during IFT2, go to youtube.com slash space news pod, please, and hit the subscribe button because we're growing and we're almost at 100,000 subscribers, which is incredible. And part of that is because of you. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for continuing to listen to this show. Um, I really could not do this without you. I really couldn't. That comes from the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, I love doing this and I appreciate every single one of you. So thank you for that. Thank you for this opportunity. And also please take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you tomorrow.